You're listening to Mystery Still Unsolved, a podcast where we discuss unsolved mysteries both past and present. I'm your host, Rochelle. Today, we will discuss the cases of Ilva Hagner, Eric Richens, and Chris Willow Wilson. to mystery still unsolved oh my gosh you guys it has been a journey it has been a serious journey uh getting back to you guys um so a few weeks ago my computer just like completely crapped out which I knew was inevitable because I'd had that uh computer since like I want to say 2011 maybe 2014 um a very very long time uh, so I knew it was going to crap out. So I actually um, was getting a sense that it was going to die. So I ordered this hard drive and the hard drive came just in time because literally I just got everything downloaded onto the hard drive. And then the very next day I went to turn on my computer and once you know, it was dead, <laughs> like totally, totally dead. So I was so feeling so grateful and so happy that I had like transferred everything onto my computer the day before because seriously, like what are the chances? It was a mystery still unsolved miracle. Um, and then I had to go through the process of getting a new computer because what I was planning on doing was downloading my everything onto the hard drive and then, um, getting a new computer and using my old computer in the meantime and then transferring everything over. But because my computer decided that it was like dead, 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 uh, I didn't have all of the things set in place. So I ordered this new computer that I really wanted and they said it was going to take a while to come. Um, and it did, they said two weeks, but actually ended up being three weeks, but it's here. Um, and then when I downloaded everything on to like from the hard drive onto my new computer, a lot of things, a lot of useful things, um, were able to be saved, but there were a lot of things that weren't. So, uh, old passwords that I had no idea what the passwords were anymore. Um, all of my old podcast episodes were on there. Some of the new ones were not All of my old podcast scripts were on there, but the two newest ones, the ones I'm recording for you right now, and then also the script that I wrote for our very special VIP Mystery Stone Solved patron group. That one was missing too. Um, So yeah, needless to say, it's been a journey. Um, And then even like tonight, like I already feel like a little bit defeated because it just took so freaking long. Like usually I'm just like, oh, I'm going to go report, record a podcast episode really quick and I'll just pop into my little walk-in closet and I'll get to recording right away But because this is my first time recording on this new computer. It wanted me to like do all these crazy things. I had to like install GarageBand again. I had to, oh, it was just, it's been a day. Okay. 
Um, so with that being said, I just wanted to thank you guys all for your patience. If you have not been following me on Instagram at mystery still unsolved, you probably had no idea that any of this was happening. And then I know that because I don't use Instagram like a ton, I'm not usually in the algorithm. So a lot of times people will miss my post. Um, so if you've just been wondering where I am, um, I'm not dead. (laughs) although there were times when I was like downloading everything out of the computer that I was like can I just this is too hard I give up I give up at life and I give up on podcasting um but no it's all good it all ends up working out in the end and I knew that that was going to happen um but you know we just make it work okay so uh, I'm so glad I'm so, I, I don't know. I just feel like I'm so glad to be back. I also feel like I'm kind of like out of practice because it's been so freaking long. Um, but I'm going to try and make it up to you guys today. Um, I have some very, very intriguing cases. Yes. There's two S's in that word cases. Um, and I'm hoping that some of you like me have never heard of them before because it will just be more exciting if I'm able to share them with you for your first time. Okay, before we get into that, though, I want to talk to you guys about some housekeeping. So like I said, if you haven't followed me on Instagram at Mystery Still Unsolved, you totally should. That way you'll be in the know. If you want to make sure that you're not missing any of my like posts or stories or lives, you can always go onto the Instagram app. And then when you get to my page, there's like a little bell and you're just going to click that bell and, uh, type stories and posts, like click those boxes. And then every single time that I post or do a story or do a live, you'll be notified. Um, and that will be really great. So that way you don't miss out on anything and you're not like, where the freaking heck did you go? Um, Also, if you're not really into the Instagram world, good for you. I wish that I could be MIA on Instagram sometimes. Um, I'm so, so freaking happy that I didn't grow up with it. I was just thinking about this the other day with my friend. We were talking about how we just barely missed, because I'm a 1990s baby, so born in 1990, um, and... I don't know. I just feel like I was raised at the very tail end of social media. So I didn't, I do, did have it in college, but I didn't have it in high school. And I honestly just feel like so blessed. I mean, we had MySpace, so I guess we kind of had a little bit of (laughs) social media, but I just feel really blessed. I didn't have it because we were just talking about how, like when we were kids, um, you really only compared yourself to maybe like 300 to 500 kids, like the kids that were in your grade at school. Um, and now it's kind of like, hi, would you like to compare yourself to every teenager who's ever lived and will ever live and who has ever lived? Um, I don't know. I just feel like that comparison is really bad for your brain. So I'm really happy that I did not have, um, such access to it when I was little. Um, I feel like my brain is smarter for it. All that to say, if you're not into Instagram, don't blame you. Um, I have a website. It's www.mysterystillunsolved.com. There you can binge my, I think it's like 110 episodes now. Yes, 110 episodes. Um, 
and you can shop merch. You can learn a little bit more about me. I have um, vinyl stickers that you can purchase. Um, I also have a second batch of orders I'm going to be placing at the end of June. I believe I'm going to do it maybe like June 30th or July 1st. I'll be placing another order of t-shirts. So if you missed out on it last time, no worries. You can totally do it now and get them before the end of the summer. Um, so it's just going to be the same design and the same shirt. So um, I'm super excited to get those out to you if you missed those the first time. And then lastly, if you are not aware or not part of our patron program, you totally should look into it. I will go ahead and put the notes or put it in the show notes, the link. Um, there you can, I mean, I'm not going to tell you everything, but there's three tiers because it's just super long. There's three tiers. There's a $1 tier, a $3 tier, and a $5 tier. And each tier has different benefits. All of them, you're going to get a call, a call, a shout out on the podcast, a call out on the podcast. And then depending on what you sign up for, there's increasingly great benefits. But everyone who purchases, whether you do the one, the three, or the five, everybody will get a call out on the podcast and everyone will get a bonus episode each and every month. Um, this month we're going to be talking about, and I'm, I'm about to record it right after I'm done with this one. Um, we're going to be discussing the toxic woman, AKA Gloria Ramirez. It is so fascinating. I am so excited to record that one because I don't know, it's just so fascinating. And I feel like usually when I make these podcast episodes, at the end of it, I'll kind of have a theory that I'm like kind of drawn towards like, hmm, I think it's this one. Um, but this one, like there's a lot of theories that honestly could be the main reason. So it's very exciting. Okay, so let's be done with housekeeping, shall we? Yes. Um, and let's talk about some crazy current true crime developments that are happening right now. All of these cases are current. A lot of them are pending. A lot of them haven't even been, nobody's been charged, but they're currently investigating. So I'm super excited to talk about these three cases with you guys. Cause I feel like a lot of the time we cover cases that are old and I definitely don't want to stop doing that because I think that they're really fun. In fact, my favorite genre of unsolved mystery is um, old-timey cases like circa 1920, 1930. Those are my favorites. Um, <clears throat> but every once in a while, I think that it's really important that we focus on current cases that are currently affecting people's lives. So I found three that are really um, fascinating and intriguing. And so we're going to talk about those today. And some of them are a little bit personal, like this first one. I mean, not super personal. Like, I don't know this person, but I have like a Kevin Bacon connection to this case. Okay. So a few weeks ago, my cousin, who I will not use her name because I forgot to ask her if it was okay if I did, <laughs> uh, she used to live in Palo Alto. And she texted me one morning about this cold case that has recently had some big breaks. And I'm sure that you've heard about it a little bit on the news. Um, but if you haven't heard, I'm going to give you the spiel right now. So there's this woman from Sweden who worked for NASA in the mid-1990s, and her name was Ilva Hagnar, and she was 42 years old. Well, one day, Ilva just, like, disappeared from her job. 
which is honestly like one of the worst times that you could ever disappear. Like if I'm going to disappear, can I at least be doing something fun? I don't want to be like dragging my feet to work. Okay. So one of her co-workers came to work at NASA, which I would assume would have like really good security, but maybe not in the nineties. So one of her coworkers came to work, parked their car and noticed her car. And they noticed the car door, the front driver's side door was open and that Ilva's purse was still inside. So the police are called and they made some lame excuse like many police officers did in the 90s that Ilva must have, you know, decided to start a new life. Yeah, I mean, that's reasonable, right? Even though her purse was in the car and there was like no way that any woman is going to start a new life without her purse and wallet. But hey, you guys, it was the 90s and the cops probably wanted to go to the pub later on that day. And this case would have really put a damper and hold on that. So yes, they settled on. Ilva wasn't kidnapped. Ilva wasn't abducted. Nothing nefarious happened to Ilva. She probably just decided to start a new life. And <clears throat> every single time that I have to go to work when I was working in an office, which has been quite some time, um, I can't lie to you. There were moments during those times when I was like, yeah, what if I just don't go in? What if I just start a new life? <laughs> So definitely been in my head, but would I actually do it? No. And I think that most people wouldn't do it, especially since she was from Sweden and she was probably super excited to get this NASA job because like NASA is huge. I mean, everybody knows about NASA. It's not even just a national thing. It's an international organization that everybody knows about. Okay. So fast forward to like two weeks ago, because remember I said that she disappeared in the 90s. So my cousin texted me an article about how a man who was dating Ilva at the time of her disappearance was now under investigation. And although he had since moved from the home that he had been living in in 1996, his former home was currently at that time when she sent me the text message being searched specifically the backyard and the reason that this was happening is because the police believe that he may have murdered Ilva and buried her body in the backyard now the reason she knows about this is not only because she watches the news but she kind of has like a little insider scoop so she has a friend who used to live on that street was moving out of that street and was cleaning her house before she left And when she was cleaning her house, she happened to get up and she didn't have any curtains on her windows anymore. So she saw that there was like a ton of black SUVs on her street. And she was like, what the freaking heck? And then she realized that these black SUVs are actually SWAT vehicles. And so she's like, what the? She pops on her phone and she's looking and she's looking and she's looking. And then that's when she found about this Ilva thing. Texted my cousin. My cousin knows that I am a crime junkie head. Um, And she sent me this. So that's kind of how this was brought to my attention. Okay, so now developments have been far and few between since I learned about this case. However, I will tell you that a few days later, I read an article that stated that evidence bags had been brought out of the backyard. Evidence bags. I mean, I know that that's not a body bag, but evidence bags, like 
what did they find? What did they see that they were like, hmm, this could have something to do with the disappearance and potential murder of a human being? Like, what did they find in the backyard? Um, ever since May 17th, there haven't really been any more updates, so I will be sure to keep you posted if I hear of anything at all, but I'm very intrigued by this case, and I hope justice for Ilva Hagner is in the near future, like the near, near future, um, not only for her, but also for her family back in Sweden, because when I was investigating into this case and researching a little bit, um, I came across quite a few um interviews that were uh, done in the 90s and her family just seems so sweet and honestly like it just seems really really tough you know because they are living in Sweden they can only stay in the United States on like a temporary visa which I believe is three months now I don't know if it would would have still been three months back then but they're basically having to do all this investigation work and all of this um, all of this working with the police and everything, um, over the phone because like they're not here. So yeah, I really just hope that for their sake, I know that, um, the mom, the dad and the brother were interviewed. I don't know if she has any other siblings, but those were the ones that were interviewed in the interviews that I saw. Um, so yeah. I am very excited about the potential of, you know, solving this case really soon. Wouldn't that be amazing? Another case that um, I post on my Instagram. So if you have been following me on Instagram and seeing my posts, then you may have seen it. Um, it's the case of Eric Richens. So there's this woman from Camus, which is sort of near my house. I would say it's probably like within an hour to an hour and a half drive from my house. Um, she lost her husband last year at the extremely young age of 39. And it was kind of like this tragic, unexplained incident. Eric didn't have any previous health problems, no health conditions, um, he wasn't killed like in a horrible like car accident or anything like this. He just died in his home at the age of 39. And there was just not really a clear definition as to why he died. An autopsy was obviously performed. Um, there was no sign of a heart attack. There was just no sign of any reason why this perfectly normal and healthy individual would die at such a young age. Okay, this is where it gets twisted. So Corey, who was Eric's wife and the mother to his children, wrote a book after the death of her husband. And in this book, it's kind of like a cartoon narration of how it, it kind of explains like how to deal with grief for children, which is an awesome sentiment. <laughs> However, normally, normally a very very noble thing to do, something that's definitely needed. We need to be able to teach our kids how to deal with grief because a lot of kids are dealing with grief younger and younger, and they need to know the proper outlets to explore and grieve. However, <laughs> just like over a year later, we are learning that Eric Richens' passing may not have been a tragic accident at all. 
and not even an unexplained accident. No, no, no. But that Corey, Eric's own wife, and the woman who wrote this book explaining grief to children may have made her husband, Eric, a lethal fentanyl cocktail, which had five times the lethal dose of fentanyl in it, which caused his death. Um, apparently, sources to the, close to the family said that the couple had been having problems and that this may not have been the first time that Corey tried to kill Eric. Um, it's also important to know that shortly before Eric's death, Corey took out a $2 million life insurance policy out on Eric, which, you guys, that's never a good sign. Recently, someone close to Eric apparently went to the police and told them, disclosed, maybe because time had passed and they felt a little bit safer, they told them that Eric said shortly before his death that if he ever died, that he wanted the friend to push looking into Corey. You guys, <laughs> if you are ever in a relationship where these words even enter your mind, like if something ever happens to me, look into so-and-so, your closest life love partner, please get out of there. Um, I know that the friend said that he was staying, sticking with Corey because he didn't want to like tear his family apart because they did have children together. Not really sure what ages the children were, um, but apparently he was just trying to do the, you know, fatherly duty of, you know, not breaking apart this family. But, sir, if you're concerned about your life, you need to get out of there, Okay. Um, I'm sure that there's going to be more developments coming about this case as well. Um, so I'll be sure to keep you posted about this one. Ooh, and just to tell you guys, right after I recorded this podcast, I just popped on over to the news because I want to make sure that I was providing you guys with the most current information. And it seems like a few hours ago, um, an article was posted and it said that Corey Richens was charged with criminal homicide, aggravated murder, a first-degree felony, two counts of possession of a controlled substance with intent to distribute, second-degree felony, and one possession of a controlled substance. So, things are happening, you guys. So, I'm going to keep on this case and let you guys know, probably in, like, the housekeeping or, you know, the intro to a later episode, um, what's going on with this case? Because this case is B-A-N-A-N-A-S. Oh, and also, just in case you're concerned, the book that she wrote, Corey Richens wrote, um, about grieving, um, she was selling that book on Amazon. That book has, has been taken off of Amazon, so she can no longer make any profits off of the book, um, while she's under investigation. So... <laughs> Very interesting turn of events. It was very wild. If you look up Corey Richens, it's spelled K-O-U-R-I-R-I-C-H-E-N-S. You can find like tons of interviews of her on news stations promoting this book. It's like sick. Like if she really had something to do with that, that is literally disgusting and foul. 
Last but certainly not least is a case that was just brought to my attention. Um, I have been watching this show. It's called Wild Croc Territory on Netflix. If you haven't watched it, it's super interesting. My husband didn't like it, but I really enjoyed it. But it might just be because it like was kind of nostalgic of the times of Steve Irwin. Um, I loved that show as a kid. So this just kind of had like me you know, kind of reminiscing back on that. But basically, Wild Croc Territory is a show on Netflix. It's a 10-episode series um, that follows Matt Wright and his two co-workers, um, Chris Willow Wilson and Jocko. And these men are crocodile wranglers. So basically what they do is they'll get a call about a dangerous crocodile in the area that's either you know, threatening human beings or is just a danger to himself or others. Um, And they will go in and they will catch the crocodile and safely move it somewhere else um, where it's not going to be in danger um, or endangering other people. So um, I was watching this show like the last couple of days, just kind of giving it a good binge watch while I was doing my hair and doing other various activities over the course of a few days. And there was this one part in the episode, I think it was like episode six, where all of a sudden this like little, before the episode starts, there's like on-screen text. And the on-screen text says, if you're part of an aboriginal tribe, you may not want to watch this episode as it depicts sounds and depictions of a dead person. And I was just like, huh? What? Hmm? Huh? what? So I watched the whole episode intently watching to see if anybody was going to die in that episode. Thankfully, nobody died in that episode. They did have a didgeridoo. I don't really know much about didgeridoos, but I know that they are an aboriginal instrument. So perhaps they don't like to hear them unless it's like at a funeral position. I don't know. So you have to do some research on that. I'm just, that's my best guess. Um, but so then I was like, okay, well, it's probably just the didgeridoo because if that is something that they do in funeral processions, then that would make sense that they would have that little on-screen text at the beginning. And then I gave it no more thought uh, because the next episode and the next one and the next one, the next one didn't have that on-screen text before. So I was like, okay, it must have been something like very um, particular to that single episode. Okay. So I finished watching the episodes. It's really great. It has like a really heartwarming and heartfelt ending. Um, And then out of nowhere, there's a picture of one of like the coolest crocodile wranglers that you've been following like this whole time. It's not Matt Wright because Matt Wright's kind of the boss, but he has his, every boss needs their right hand man, right? The guy that they trust, a guy that they know is going to be loyal. And to Matt Wright, this is Chris Willow Wilson, often referred to just as Willow. Um, and there's this picture of Willow, like a still frame. And it said shortly a few or sadly, a few weeks after the filming wrapped up on this uh, season, Willow was involved in a terrible accident and he died. And I was just like, what? Like, even though I had like that prep of like the on-screen text from like episodes before, like it still just completely threw me off guard. And it also, one of the like 
plots and the whole thing. I mean, the main plot is just like the crocodile hunting, but they also have like these offshoots of like, oh, and Matt's building a resort somewhere and Willow is trying to get his um, helicopter license and and uh, Matt's wife's brother is he's feeling kind of lost. And so Matt's trying to give him direction, um, trying to see if he wants to be a crocodile hunter. Um, so there's all these other stories going on in the background, but one of the main stories was that Willow, uh, wanted to get his, uh, helicopter license. And it's something that he'd been wanting to do for about 15 years. Ever since his friend Matt got a helicopter license, he had been wanting to get a helicopter license. So he had saved and saved and saved and set a set aside time to get this helicopter license. So in the very last episode, you see that he's taking his test and that he does pass and that he gets his helicopter license. And in big celebration, Matt uh, takes all the guys out and they do like a beer crawl, but they do it in a different way because they're in the Northern Territory, which is pretty remote. And instead of taking taxis everywhere, they decide that they're going to just designate a designated helicopter driver and the helicopter driver is going to drive them all over the Northern Territory to all the best bars. Um, so there's this really heartwarming scene after they go to all the bars, they go to like this, um, a waterfall that is only accessible by helicopter and all the guys kind of jump in. They're having like a great time. Um, and then all of a sudden they cut over to Willow and he says, something along the lines of this is the best day of my life I've been wanting to get this helicopter license forever like short of the day I got married to my wife and the birth of my two sons like this is the best day of my life and then it cuts that horrible picture like informing us that he has died so of course in my mind I'm like did he get his helicopter license and then die in a helicopter crash because like how horrible would that be So I went to Goog, trusty old Goog, and I gave it a Goog, and I did see that he died in a helicopter crash. And I was just like, what? But it wasn't all that it seemed to be. So Willow was actually not driving this helicopter at the time of the crash. So he was actually doing something on the job. So apparently Matt had gotten a call from someone saying that there were some crocodile eggs in their residential area or something like that. And they wanted to move these crocodile eggs over somewhere else because they didn't want these crocodiles to hatch and then become like a huge problem in whatever area they were. A lot of the places they're either like, they're not actually usually in a residential area. They're usually like on a farm. So maybe that's what it was. See, like this is, I just read about this. So it's like still like I'm trying to put all the pieces together. So they're, they decided that because this was like a very like lush area, they couldn't really use like a car or a boat or anything to access these eggs that they were going to helicopter in. Um, But to helicopter in, I don't know what the thought process was behind this, but they decided that instead of landing the helicopter and walking over to get the eggs they thought that it would be a good idea if two if like one person um drove the helicopter and then the other one like dangled on a net beneath the helicopter to get these eggs I don't really understand the logic but apparently they thought that this would be a good idea so 
a pilot, um, I think his name was Robert, he was flying the helicopter and Willow was suspended beneath the helicopter in this net, which usually on the show they use to like pick up crocodiles and move them somewhere else. But he was on this helicopter and had just procured the eggs and he was riding on the net 30 meters above the earth um, and they were just going to go and land somewhere else. And apparently, I'm not really sure what happened because it's actually currently being investigated. But what they think happened is that either the helicopter stopped working, like it just stopped mid-flight, the engine. And because of that, made them the propeller crash into like some trees. And then obviously Willow would crash with the helicopter or they think that perhaps they crashed into some trees and then after they crashed into the trees that's when the engine stopped working so it's a bit of a chicken and the or the egg at the moment but they're still trying to figure it out but what they do know after the initial assessment is that at some point before the helicopter hit the ground the engine did stop working so they just don't know, did it stop working and that's why they crashed in the trees or did they crash in the trees and then that signaled the, the damage to the engine? Okay, so this gets even weirder because this is not just a tragic accident, although it is a tragic accident. Okay, so when they crash, the helicopter pilot is severely injured. He's taken to the hospital right away. Um, they go over to Willow and he landed, he was 30 feet above the air. And when he crashed, he was like thrown 40 meters away from where the helicopter was. So he was obviously not in great shape and it's unclear at the moment if he died upon impact or if someone was able to get to him and be with him during his final moments. It's unsure. They're not going to talk about it. Um, but what's kind of weird and what kind of makes this an unsolved mystery, I suppose, is that uh, Matt Wright, who is the boss um, who, you know, sent Willow to go do this, apparently he has been charged with um, intent to, oh my goodness, what is he charged with? Content to, or intent to, uh, what's the word? I don't know, basically, like, he tampered with evidence. Uh, conspiracy to hide evidence. Something like that. So he has been charged with that. And they haven't really gotten in too much about what he may or may not have done. So I'm going to keep my ears open, although I do know that there's a court hearing coming up. And their courts are a little bit different than ours. They don't have, like, a jury of their peers. It's just kind of like the the lawyer and the judge. Um, but I've been thinking and I feel like I don't know what he's been charged with doing. So I know that one part is that he was charged with talking to people and kind of like trying to influence them to change their story so that it would make him not be in a bad light and obviously like not get sued and, and, you know, be charged with being negligent, um, on the job. Um, but the other things I'm not sure. So they said that like when the police arrived to investigate the net, 
that uh, Willa had been dangling on was no longer connected to the helicopter. Uh, he was, Willa was found in a location where he shouldn't have been found. Um, and just like kind of things like that. So I am genuinely curious and I don't know the answers right now, but I know that there are a lot of times when people try to do good in the heat of the moment, but they end up tampering the crime scene. Um, I'm specifically thinking about a story that I heard about a man who had seen, it was an officer and he stumbled across a crime and it had like a, a woman who was nude. Um, she was dead, but she was nude from the waist down. And so he went into his car and got a blanket and laid it gently across her. Super sweet, super genuine. Like, I love that that guy did that. I love that he was trying to provide the victim with some like common decency and, you know, not let everybody come to the scene of the crime and like see her naked body. Love that. I think that that's like the true definition of a civil servant, somebody who sees something and wants to help and wants to help protect the decency and the dignity of a victim. I love that. However, a lot of the times that does taint a crime scene. So that's kind of what I'm thinking. I'm thinking, did he taint the crime scene maliciously? Like, was he altering the scene so that it didn't seem like it was a work-related accident, that it was just some sort of terrible, tragic accident? Or did Matt, I mean, Willow was his best friend. Even in the beginning of the episodes, they were talking about how they'd met like years ago and how they'd been like super tight. Did Matt witness this horrible incident and then maybe his friend was tangled up in the net and he was like, oh, I've got to detach the net to help get my friend out of this net? Like, was it just like unconsciously he was tainting the scene. Do you know what I mean? Like just trying to save his friend. Cause I mean, we all hear this and we're like, oh my gosh, there's no way that he was alive. But if you were there in the moment, are you just supposed to be like, oh yeah, there's no way he could survive that. Or are you going to try? And my bet is, is that Matt tried. He was trying to do something, anything, cause he didn't want to just sit idly by knowing that he could do something. Um, so this is all going to come out probably in a couple of months when they do the hearing. Um, I'm hoping to get more information They're They are keeping everything kind of close to the chest at the moment. Um, because you know, it hasn't gone to trial yet, but I will keep this. I'll keep it. Like, I just want to know, I want to like keep my ears open and my eyes open and just like tag all the things and be like, if you get any notifications about this, I want them to be sent to me. So if you hear about anything, I'm definitely going to keep looking. I feel like I, every day I'm looking like, is there anything new about this case? Um, let me know if I don't get it because I am very curious how this is going to go because um, apparently there's another season of Wild Croc Territory that's supposed to come out. However, Netflix is like, we don't know if we want to get involved with you until after this whole court case thing is done. So Maybe there will be another season of Wild Croc Territory. Maybe not. It all depends on the results and the outcome of this upcoming trial. Um, I'm also very curious just because we haven't really covered many Australian cases. And so I'm a little bit familiar with how their juristic or how their judicial system works, but not super, super well versed. So it'll be interesting to see 
the differences between if it was tried here and tried there. I think that there's pros and cons to both, honestly. Like, I don't know. I think that it's very easy for if you were just going to do it like the Australia way of just litigators, lawyers, and judge. There's some benefits to that, for starters. Everybody that you know that's going to be handling this case has gone to school to study law. (laughs) They know what they're talking about. This is not their first rodeo. They're not going to be thinking about things emotionally. They're going to know all the answers and like how everything works. But there's a con that these people can be paid off. And if they're paid off, how would you ever know? There's only like three people determining your fate as opposed to a jury of 12. And I mean, there is benefits to having a jury of 12 in that you are considered innocent until proven guilty. Um, You have to convince 12 people of your guilt. And if you're unable to do that, then you must go free. But there's also some cons to having 12 people who have no judicial or law experience judging you uh, because you might have a jury of 12 people who have no idea what they're talking about or no idea, like they might not take it seriously. They might just be like, I just want to go home. Um, I don't want to be stuck here. Like you just, I don't know. I feel like there's pros and cons to both. So Yes. Very interesting. Um, but yeah, thank you guys so much for joining me today. I really, um, had fun kind of breaking in again and talking about all this fun true crime stuff. Uh, I love having a chance to bounce ideas off of you guys and hear your thoughts and your theories and your opinions and your comments. Um, so if you would like to share any of those with me, if you know anything about these cases that you feel like I should have brought up, like send me a DM, I'll mention it in the next podcast episode. Um, and again, my Instagram handle is at mysterystillinsolved.com or not at mysterystillinsolved.com. It's just at solved. <laughs> no.com. If you want to go to my website, you can go to www.mysterystillunsolved.com. Or if you're interested in becoming a member of the patron program, you can do that by clicking on the link in my show notes. Uh, Thank you guys so much again for coming out and listening to me. I really appreciate that you guys will make time for me and my little corner of the podcast universe. Uh, I'm so excited to talk to you guys next week more about true crime. It's going to be so fun. Okay, I will talk to you guys soon. But in the meantime, if you want to help support this podcast, you can tell a friend or family member about me. Um, And don't limit it to just friends and family. You can also tell your barber, your esthetician, your nail tech, Go get a pedicure, go get those summer feet ready for the sandals and tell the lady that's massaging your feet, hey, listen to Mystery Still Unsolved. It's the best. Um, And then the best way to support this podcast is and always will be to join me next week when together we'll discover, did anyone ever place a useful tip? Has justice prevailed? Or is the mystery still unsolved?